1: players step your game up don't be sluggish or lazy or jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby catch him on youtube or any podcast platform breaking all the news down like shack does the backboards no hot takes this is where the hottest debates at
0: now kick your feet up because it's time for straight facts
1: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, brought to you by the Up Ball and Game Presents Networks, the full squad from the home offices. That's OK though. I'm James Jackson. That's Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, and Stat Matt Robinson. If you wait till you guys hear what Stat Matt sounds like, it sounds like he's talking <laughs> with like, like just just no airspace going through his nose at all. Stat get give the listeners at home just a little sound check, real quick. What's going on? Uh,
2: it's been, it's, it's, it is what it is. There was a time last <laughs> year, I've, like, my allergies were so bad, I couldn't speak for like a week. So,
1: yeah. And we, we this had a nice nothing. little, we had a nice little allergies talk right before we came yeah. on here. Um, because Kyle was still more evolved than the rest of us all had. We were, allergies haven't hit him yet, but Jake and I, we haven't had allergies, Put what, our whole lives and now the last couple of years, they've been. I call up doing the Ali shuffle. Like these allergies are really taking me to the center of the ring. Like sporadically random days, and, and have at it. Jake, you said you're the same way. I am the same way. It, it's like I mistook, mistook it for
3: a sickness. I was like coughing at night. And then I'm like, it's probably post nasal drip. I can't really breathe out of my nose much. You know, I'm thinking that I'm just congested. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's either I had COVID or... I just have allergies, and I think it's the allergies because uh, no fever. So yeah, but I'm doing well. I'm in high spirits.
1: There you go. And Kyle's just sitting back there.
0: Can't relate. I got. <laughs> I got I had no allergies. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm the just storm, blessed.
1: The storm is coming. The circle is closing, and the storm is coming. At some maybe <laughs> at some point, at some point, it's gonna hit you. It's gonna hit you. But let's get on to sports, what we do best, because we got to talk about the NBA playoffs um, that are in full swing, the conference finals are here. We've already had one game from the Eastern Conference Conference Finals today on Wednesday, and we await game one of the Western Conference Finals. Puts us in a, in a weird spot as we record, so we'll keep it broad and try to hit these Conference Finals as a whole, um, just in a broad spectrum. But for the first one, we're going to start in the Western Conference with the Mavs and the Warriors. And I want to frame this whole conversation after we get into the weeds of it. For this is, I think it's going to be how do the Mavs win this series because the Mavs are continuing to be the underdog. They're, they're, they were the underdog last series, and I don't think everyone's kind of picking the Warriors here, but they have a very good shot and a very good team. So, like, how how do the Mavericks get this done and you know basically upset Steph Curry and the Warriors, who right now are starting to remind themselves how lethal they are in the playoffs? Uh,
3: and here's the only thing that gives me pause before saying what I'm about to say is the fact that it is the playoffs and things change drastically. Once we get there, Mm -hmm. Dallas is going to whoop golden state. Dallas is going to whoop golden state. It is insane for me to think, but when I start to dig a little deeper into those games, uh, we always talk about, you know, watching the games. I didn't go back and watch them, but I did dig through all the box scores. And if that's good enough for the MVP, (laughs) it has to be good enough for this discussion. (laughs) And, Dallas took three out of four games uh, with uh, this year against Golden State with Luka having a 40% usage rate. Half of those games were with the old uh, lineup. Half of them are with the new lineup, like with Mm. and without KP. So point being, like if you can be beaten by Luka just going supernova, like if you do have uh, uh, a weakness for that, which they foul a lot, especially against Dallas, they click up in the personal fouls and free throw attempts against then Luca can kind of just single like what we talked about last time. Oh, Luca can't. I was saying I was literally sitting sitting here looking into the camera saying, oh, Luca can't beat anyone shooting forty percent or forty uh, percent usage." Apparently, he might be able to. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know.
2: I just get the I just get the feeling it's Dallas here. Um, I'm gonna smash. How? What do you mean by smash? Like they pull off the upset, or like they dominate like in five games? Like I don't games. see. I don't. Six I don't games. see
1: a world where they they whoop. <sighs>
2: Golden I see state. four too. Like
0: Neither do I. And the thing is like, you have to remember, um, you said the Mavs are what three and one on the Warriors in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You have to remember the, we didn't really see a full strength Warriors until mm-hmm. round one of the NBA mm-hmm. playoffs. Um, sure. And they've come back and really look like they're back to their old ways. Um, and I, I get, you know, Luca has shown that he can single-handedly take games and we didn't think that, well, this is also the first playoffs that we can really say that because he's been great in the playoffs And it's just gotten bounced every previous year. So I'm not taking two playoff series and and I'm going to, you know, use that to project how a series against the greatest dynasty, you know, of recent history is going to go. And I know the Warriors aren't where they were in 2016, but they're still a damn good team. I I, I think the Mavs do give them a series, maybe more competitive than we saw, you know, the Blazers give the Warriors in 2019 or uh, the Rockets the one year they got four ones. But
2: uh, I'm still going to roll with the Warriors. Here's a stat I I just found. 39 of the last 40 NBA champions won 40 of their last 60 regular season games. The only team left that disqualifies is the Warriors, because the Warriors did not win 40 of their last 60 regular season games. So that fits uh, Jake's narrative right there. I mean... shows
1: you the form that Dallas came in coming to the to postseason, and he continued that. And that's to your point, Jake. If you get a supernova Luka at if you're susceptible to losing to that, this is the Dallas team that you're going to lose to because he's in that form of making all of those the right decisions. But I, I do have to agree with Kyle and push back on it. Not only is the regular season and postseason two different seasons, but we have two different Warriors teams with not even the – you know, the, the change in lineups and not the healthy lineups. We have, you know, Jordan Poole, who spent a lot of the the regular season in the starting lineup because of injuries. And now is being pushed to more of a six man role and and beefing up the Warriors bench, just the, the Warriors team in themselves looks different. And you look at the, the, Four regular season games and the one win that they have. Jonathan Kaminga led all scores with the Warriors with 22 points. That in itself shows me that those those four those games are wacky. Those games where there's probably context around a lot of those games that make them all pretty much anomalies. And you know it just came down to Luca going crazy and beating them. I, well, I just think like, um, can, can you are you gonna are you gonna count on that on Jonathan Kaminga being a, a top scorer for the Warriors? Like you you look at the Warriors and their output, you know, the last three, four games against the Grizzlies. And we clearly see that the stars are coming to the forefront for the Warriors. They have been winning them these games. No, for sure.
3: It doesn't have to be Jonathan Kaminga to get a win. Like, obviously, Steph, Steph and, and there's a lot of guys on that roster. Clay, I don't know how much he has left in the tank pool you mentioned. They can will you to a win. Where, I, where it starts to get iffy on the whole Golden State thing is what can Golden State do that Phoenix could not do. I I have not been able to come up with an answer as to why Golden State is verifiably better than Phoenix. I think we just couldn't handle. Three
1: I, I got you, I got you with a simple answer. Three players who legitimately could give you 30 on any given night. The, the Suns did not have that.
0: Right. And the Suns did not. I also didn't have that. Like if you look at the season as a whole, then yeah, the Warriors really can't do much that the Suns can't. But that I mean, it's only a 6-game sample size that the Mavs had to take off of them and the Suns look terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. they did not look good. Chris Paul had a rough series, Devin Booker had a rough few games. Deandre Ayton by the end of it didn't even want to play for the team. I mean, Ridiculous.
2: so it,
0: it, it's I agree with you, Jake. To, like the point um overarching for the season, maybe nothing. But they can do a lot better in six games than we saw the Suns do. I, I don't
2: the foundation agree. I don't of agree. the Warriors is so much stronger than the Suns because if Steph has a bad shooting night and they lose and they fall t- down like two-one in the series, no, there's going to be no locker room drama at all. They're, they'll be because there's no pressure on anyone on the Warriors except except the pressure they put on themselves that they want to win. Uh, with the Suns, it's they they just got caught up in. This we should have won it last year. We need to win it this year. And they just kind of collapse in on themselves.
1: And and, and all that, <clears throat> all that is more reason to why Jake, I, I, I actually completely disagree that. I think the Warriors give you a lot that the Suns can't give you. I'll go back to the scoring port. We saw in game seven, Devin Booker, it was clear. The game plan was to get Booker going. Everyone else is going to fall in line. And it's not going for him. And he's stressing the issue. It's, it's getting worse and worse. And finally, when he realized, I don't got it, someone else is going to pick it up. Who was there? CP didn't have it going. Like you said, DeAndre Ayton had his tails between his legs. If that happens for the Golden State Warriors, if Steph can't have it, Clay will, will get it going most likely. If Clay don't have it, Jordan Poole will get it going most likely. And it's, and it's all at a 30-point clip and a 30-point barrage. They have that plus. They have the experience of being in those big moments. The Suns made a finals run last year and didn't hit a game seven. And we, they came at a game – we came in a game seven this year, and people that I didn't think would get starstruck got starstruck. Mikel Bridges, the moment was too big. DeAndre in the moment was too big. There's no one on the Warriors in their core, like – that the moment's not going to be. Too, they've been in all these games. That moment's not going to be too. Jordan Poole's the only I one I
3: would. I would push on you. And that He has been a breakout. Right,
1: that. right, and 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 that is fourth importance on the team, not second, third, and the coach. Like that. That's that's all things the Warriors give you that the Suns didn't. That's like that. This is that's that's like like Draymond I, said. This I, is championship level basketball that we have to play now.
0: I like Jake's point for one reason. Um, And it's going to be a pro Mavs reason here. Um, One side of the ball in the NBA we know can get inconsistent. That's the offensive side of the ball. But the defensive side of the ball, you don't just completely lose that. Even when you're playing Mm bad on offense, you don't just completely lose that. And the Suns, as we know, were one of the best defensive teams in the league all season and still at moments looked really good in the Dallas season or in the series on the defensive side of the ball. Now, to the Mavs point and – uh, to the point that I'm going to make is that the Warriors, we know, re- probably don't have the same defense as the Suns. The Mavs, it didn't matter. The Mavs came out and like Luka did show like, oh, we're going to keep scoring and we can score this many points to keep up offensively with any team in the league. And I'm not saying that the Warriors are a bad defense, but the fact that they showed this against the Suns, even if the, even though they had a bad series, I mean, I, I think the Mavs scoring output here could be surprising to people and really was surprising in the Phoenix series and make this a really competitive
1: series.
3: This might surprise you then. Uh, I know.
1: I didn't put you to me.
3: Golden state warriors. First in defensive rating this year followed even more surprisingly. Sixth in the NBA is Dallas. So like we come into this thinking like, Oh, we're going to have a shootout. Dallas' defense
0: is real too. Yeah. Right. Um,
3: I, I, And going back to my, so I I will say like, this is going to be, I think if this is a slower, so both of those stats indicate that this might be a slower paced series than we expect. If that is the case, usually you try and tend to lean towards the more tenured team, which would be the Warriors. I'm, as we start to go through it, I will say I started out like really hot on Dallas. You guys have brought me down a little bit. I just, I, the only way, like the war, no, I won't say the only way, a lot of things can happen, but like Really, the Warriors' hope is Draymond's going to have to be able to make Luke his life hell. Uh, If he is able to do that, then that, then yeah, they're probably going to look like the Warriors in the playoffs and and really be able to overcome whatever's thrown at them. If that's not the case, and they're calling fouls or they're able to get their switches and get the looks that they want, and Luke is really able to get going, then I think that you have to you have to go towards the Maverick side. I I mean, it does feel crazy. Like I said before, I even said any of it. It feels crazy to say, but if I'm picking a year out of the last however many that the Warriors have been good for them to lose, it, you know, this might be the one. Well, again, what, the what,
2: Warriors the it won. Would
0: have to be their last five playoff appearances, they made the finals. Right. <laughs> so if you had to pick yeah, a year, it this would have to be the 17
2: one. consecutive playoff series wins in the Western Conference. Crazy.
1: It's an experienced man's game. I got a team who's the most experienced at doing it. I got a team who's doing it for their first time. I'm always gonna lean the more experienced team led by champions
2: and, and a, a two-time MVP and a two-time defensive player of the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick that team. And, and I know he gets a lot of crap, but he's a real like actually important player on the team. All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is an important. There. Just say Andrew Wiggins. I keep
1: forgetting. I keep forgetting. Don't put the there.
2: all-star starter. It burns when you say it. Does it does burn. Cause, yeah. cause Andrew Wiggins, like he's a guy, if you need him to get 17 points, he can get you 17 points. If you need him to get you 25, he'll get you 17 points. But the good news, <laughs> the good news for the Warriors is that they only need him to get 17 points. <laughs> they, they just need him to be there, get the 15 to 19 point game uh, uh, to build around. Just like a guy they can go yes. to with the shot clock's running down. You can just force up a contested mid-range shot and sometimes it'll go in.
0: He's also playing amazing in these playoffs for him. 49% yeah. from the field, Andrew Wiggins is. So that it's yeah. Great we point. gotta put
3: him it's on the seventeen-point
0: counter. Once he hits it, it's like, will they win or not? I want to start tracking it. That's
1: funny you say that. That's funny, but yeah, we talk about just how experienced the Warriors is doing it's as a head coach. Steve Curse undefeated in Western Conference playoff series. He's seventeen and zero, which is nuts. Um, like Kyle said, five and zero in the conference finals um, with a record of twenty and seven uh, uh, in this round. So they're, they're like they just they're, they're starting to remember like, hey, when, when we get into the playoffs, we usually just take this thing all the way, and they yeah. They're starting to do that again, which is nice. Before we move on um, to the other conference, uh, I, I want to address something that I, you know, it's been brought up. It's been a good debate, and I want to have the debate. And Luca, this this playoff run that Luca Doncic is making right now, it's been likened to the finals run LeBron James made in two thousand and seven, and they do mirror each other a little bit. LeBron was 22 in 2007 when he made that run. Luka is 23 now. They presume to be, you know, the, the 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 top player kind of doing it all for their team and leading them down. So Matt, I'll come to you first. Is is how much does this mirror that 2007 Eastern Conference Finals run that LeBron James
2: made? Very very much. Um Luka is doing everything offensively that LeBron did during that time period. If you look at the numbers side by side, Luca has an edge. Um, it's a uh, Luca in his playoff career is averaging <clears throat> 32.7, 9.3, 8.3 on 58.4% true shooting. LeBron's first uh, 28 career playoff game. So that's through the 2007 conference finals. Uh, he averaged 28.3, eight and seven on 55% true shooting. And uh, the, to be fair to LeBron, back then the NBA was less efficient than it is today, and lower scoring. So it's it's basically a tie. Uh, mm. LeBron has the edge defensively, but it's it's as close as you're gonna get to a uh, replication of that time that we'll see probably for the rest of our lives, because it's the same, roughly the same age, the same breakout, and it's also the same kind of situation in the conference where there's no like great team in the conference and the great team in the conference is kind of an aging version of a former champion with LeBron it was the, the Pistons who uh, won a title made back-to-back finals made a bunch of conference finals and with uh, the Mavericks it's the Warriors. I think um, I, I really think it's a really good comparison uh, I think I think there's no reason, the only reason he, I, I'm picking him not to go to the finals like LeBron did, because I rate this Warriors team higher than I rated rate the 0-7 Pistons. But I think it's a tough seven game series. I, I
1: see it even from just context and narrative standpoint. You have a young up and coming superstar. Everyone can see <clears throat> clearly he's going to be one of the best in the league. You don't think he has quite the team to take and make a finals run. He knocks out with the Pistons were the the Eastern Conference representatives the year before in the finals.
2: Well, uh, no, the the heat out. the year before but yeah the heat they the made, year before. okay pistons made the conference finals every year from 03 to 08 cuz
1: i was going to say Luca goes to the suns who represented the west lebron goes to the pistons who represented the east you know very very soon before that i i just i see it just re-
3: really the only difference is that Luca's game is uh i think at, at least at this age much more predicated on skill than LeBron's His was athleticism. on athleticism, especially yeah. against the Pistons. Who they're not the bad boy Pistons, but they're still an incredibly physical defensive team. So it's more of like I don't like what. What, what are you impressed by? Like uh, because I, you know, you look back on those series, the age that LeBron was, and marvel at what he was able to do against some grown men. Yeah, um, but
1: but Jake, does that not make? I don't. I maybe. It depends on Luke who's doing it against
3: grown men, too. But.
1: But, it, but it depends on, you know, which side of the coin you are, because that could be more impressive both ways. It could be more impressive that, you know, a 22 year old was doing that against grown men, or it could be more impressive that a 23 year old is doing it now with no athleticism against grown men. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. And still winning the physical battle. Like, right. No, well, more he is. Athletic but than anybody and, and was winning all of those. But I watched him put Cam Johnson in such a blunder yeah, that was Like, oh, my goodness. That's tough. Like, oh, my the- goodness.
0: In the era of their two runs, yes, this is pretty much like the same type of thing. I'm not ready to go there yet, though. Um, he needs to win this series. Right. Lugan needs to win this for sure. series for me to even consider it. Because the weird thing with Luka is for me, and tremendous through two series so far, but was also tremendous in two Clippers series the previous two playoffs and just got bounced in both. His numbers previously were actually better before. And, you know, he's more experienced now. He's doing stuff that doesn't still in the stat sheet. But I, I'm failing to really see why it's clicking now, and that's what I'm excited about about this series, and that's what I want to see before I make any comparisons yeah. with LeBron off
1: of two series. Well, I think it's clear that he's elevating his team around him this playoffs. Yeah. Last playoffs, he was good, but you know it wasn't elevating his team or his team wasn't stepping up. It's it's different when like you know, your play is elevating the play yeah. around and you. There is it's one kind of
0: thing. But- there is one difference that will show up. He hasn't had any off games this playoffs. Uh, game five against the Suns is his worst game you can point at this playoffs. He had 28, 11 and two, which two assists for Lucas bad, but on like forty-five percent shooting. And, That's and nobody in that game, no bad. one
2: on the Mavericks could make a shot. Hit a shot right yeah. Now.
0: Yeah. Right. But just a testament to yeah. uh he hasn't had any bad games this playoffs, which was a difference. He had one bad game in each of the Clippers series before.
3: He he comes into the season in the shape he's in right now. He's the he's next year's MVP. I'll write it right now. I'll go bet on it right now.
1: I kind of like this. I kind of like how if they like, win if the title,
2: fan, he's gonna have a huge three-month slump yeah. to start the season.
1: If, <laughs> if I'm a, and, and if anyone's been on social media today, you saw him and Boban enjoying some drinks today at lunch. Luca ain't changing his diet for nobody. I think TMZ I love said
3: that was old, but that's a le- yeah, but he probably, probably was
1: still doing yeah,
3: that's an old picture. Oh, he was still drinking I, beer today, but that's just I, I, If I'm
1: a Mavs fan, I don't know because. I don't want Luca to change the regimen. Like, yes, he may come in a little bloated in the off season, but you see what this man does in January. Well, like, right. I don't he want to ramps it, it up it to run out of steam. Like, don't. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Joel well,
3: works I, out all offseason and then comes in, and by mid season, he's banged hey. up because he's been you know playing what? a full season
2: all offseason.
1: Let, let Luca burn all that fat he comes in with in the off season through through December
2: and January, and we ready to go post all star Let's the, that's how how the Lakers three peated. Uh, Shaq wanted MVP, got MVP, and then. And oh one, he came into the offseason completely out of shape. That's why they weren't the one seed, only won 55 games. But then he played himself into shape. And the oh one Lakers were literally, arguably, the most unbeatable team ever. Don't
1: let James Harden hear this. Y'all, y'all will get a fat, out of shape James Harden. He'll be like, told y'all I could do it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to move on to the Eastern Conference playoffs. We already had game one. And it was the Jimmy Butler show, the James uh, Butler J- show.
2: James, what was your pick? For what? The series. Mavericks what was my pick? I'm not sons. Mavericks, uh, Warriors. Oh, the Warriors. And how many? I'll go Warriors. Warriors in six.
1: They control home court. I got like I know the Mavericks like weren't weren't even in the Sun series. weren't that great on the road. I can't see them being a much better road team in the Warriors series. So I'm gonna go Warriors in six. Did y'all all give your picks and, and series number?
0: We didn't give the numbers. We kind of. Went through. I'll go. Uh, oh, I thought I thought you and Jake did. I know. No,
1: we can real quick before we move on. Kyle I didn't.
0: Go. I, the, I, see. I think this is like so weird, but like Warriors and five. But it's going to be a very competitive five. I like, see. It. I think every game is going to be real close. It's like in how Brooklyn
2: played, kind of. Yeah. Brooklyn versus Jake, go ahead. Warriors. Warriors and seven. I've got.
3: As I said, I, I think I'm going Mavs in six. I will be sticking out like a sore thumb on the graphic. Probably get attacked in the comments, but. That's what you get for being the show's Dark Knight, you know?
1: <laughs> there you go. You, get a, you do the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, Jake. That's you for, for our podcast. Thank now you. we're going to move on to the Easter Conference playoffs. We already had game one of that Easter Conference finals. It was the Jimmy Butler show, the James Butler show, if you're Brett Brown, uh, because he went absolutely Super Saiyan, and at the old school 40, 41 points, no threes, which to me is Crazy. just a masterpiece. Of a performance, but it was it was a tale of two halves, really. Boston led pretty much all the first half. Jason Tatum went crazy in the first two quarters. But Miami completed a twenty to two run in the third. I believe dropped thirty nine points in the third quarter or something crazy like that, and, and went on to win. So different scope than I had for the Western Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals is is does this trend continue? Do, do the Heat continue to win the second half and go on? To win the series like that, or does Boston not become a shell of itself? Remember, no Al Horford, no Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year in Game One, two, and Al Horford has been a key piece for them all playoffs. They were not they were not available for Game One, left a lot of doors open for Miami. They kicked the doors in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you nailed it on the head right there. You can't take away much from Game One because you have no Al Horford. No, Marcus Smart. Now, you can take away the fact that, you know, the Heat are going to play these guys tough. Um, a lot of people penciling in last series Celtics Bucks uh, or last round Celtics bus series as the real Eastern Conference Finals. Well, you know what a lot of people did in the NFL playoffs this year? They penciled in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills in the second round as the real uh, AFC Championship, and who went to the Super Bowl? The Cincinnati Bengals did. So, I think the Heat are going to play him tough. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, game strips are going to go like this and you said rely on second-half comebacks, but I'm sure that Jimmy Butler is going to freaking step up. Um, this is what he's been waiting for. He got a little taste of it two years ago in the bubble, didn't quite get it done, and now his team is the one seed, a better team. Uh, they haven't lost at home yet in these playoffs, 7-0. and um, No series starts until you lose at home. Well, if you don't lose at home, then you, the series never started. Uh, so I, I think... The series will look different, obviously, when the Celtics get those guys back. Uh, but the Heat just might make a good series out of it behind Jimmy Butler.
2: The the Heat saved their lives yesterday in the second half. And I think people are overreacting to it a little bit. As much as I'd love to say that the Heat are in the driver's seat and the Celtics missed their shot, I just don't believe it. I, I don't just, either. It's the... The Heat had to win that game, and they still almost yeah. blew it. Because not only did they exactly. they went up by twenty, and then they the Celtics cut it down to nine, and then Butler made a bunch of really big shots in the fourth. And I'm gonna go really uh, hater here. Uh, Jimmy Butler, probably the most overrated playoff performer based on reputation <laughs> I've ever heard.
1: Absolutely wild for you to say. You were not that's, lying. That's wild, crazy. Absolutely wild. Pretty hater.
2: For for that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Not, just, absolutely wild. Just, the the he only gets credit for his great pro- no last night he was great i was so happy watching him make all those shots but this is a guy who had one of the worst playoff series i've ever seen from a quote unquote like superstar yeah, mm. like last year he, he got they got swept. He averaged like 14 points per game on 30% shooting. And that was but that's
1: the only time he's been that bad. Like yeah. right
2: no, 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 no no, but like, like the year, because the year before that he no, went no, crazy. No, he, he had, had a great he had a great run in 2020. And that's basically other than that his playoff careers. Eh, It's okay. Game 7 <laughs> against Toronto for the Sixers. He goes 5 of 14, 16 points.
3: We've uncovered it. Like we've uncovered the genesis of this. He he, he
2: he, yeah. he blows a 2-0 lead to Boston uh, when he was in Chicago after winning games one and two at home. He blows a game six to Cleveland, only getting 20 points on really bad shooting. Like, even games... Oh, going back like six years now, Okay, game... I mean... no, Kyle, Kyle, let him go. Let him game go. Six, I, got, game I got Six it. of the NBA Finals two years ago, he has 12 points. Like, that's not... If you're supposed to be like this superstar and you get 12 points in a game six of the Finals and your team loses, you're supposed to get heat for it. He never gets heat for his bad performances. He's in this incredible zone where, where he's in like, he's like, cause he's like the 14th best player in the NBA. If he plays poorly, it's okay. But if he plays great, he's all of a sudden, oh, he's top five. And like, I, my point is if Jimmy, but the heat will win this series, if Butler keeps playing like this, and I don't think he can based on his playoff history. Uh, Go ahead, James.
1: I, Haterish, haterish. I'm here to I'm here to flip it completely on its head. In terms of Miami Heat playoff performance, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Jimmy Butler. And like Jimmy Butler for the last two to three seasons, these last two deep playoff runs, has been the like one of the best players in the playoffs for for either conference. And you take a look at what he did in the 2020. Um finals. But you have a 40-point triple-double in one of the games against the Lakers, a 30-point triple-double in the in the Eastern Conference finals, right? Against the Celtics, um, goes through Giannis and the Bucks. And then now you come through this season and you have a guy who, when you go talk about the very beginning of the season, how much I like the Miami Heat, is because they got these role players to do other things to allow Jimmy Butler to blossom. And Jimmy Butler coming into the playoffs told the Heat, like, I'm going to put you guys on the offensive end on my back and pace you guys. And he's absolutely doing that. Did that in the Philadelphia series and did that game one in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. So when you talk about him being one of the most overrated playoff performers, I don't understand it. Yes, bring up the 12 points in game six of the the finals in the bubble. Is this after he was over the stanchion, couldn't breathe? Because yep. he was doing everything, and that's and that's game six of that at the end against LeBron, Anthony Davis, and company against the best defensive team in the NBA. Uh, you're trying to hold if that Luka, to him Lu- after after putting the entire Miami Heat, the entire city of Miami, in a knapsack on his back and dragging him through the bubble. you going to hold him for a game six Luka, and, and ignore the uh, 40-point triple-double he had earlier in that series. Come on, Matt. If, come, if, on, Matt.
2: If Luka, come on, Matt. If Luca has 12 points... In a game that they get eliminated against, either this series or if they make the finals, he's going to get roasted. It. No, he won't. He will. No, he won't. He shouldn't.
1: He, he shouldn't won't. because and then, because because then, no one was watching the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, he is the don't, sole don't. reason. The, he is the sole reason the Mavericks are there. Yes, you would love to see him carry it out, but I'll never hold Jimmy Butler to that performance because he is the sole reason. The Miami Heat were right. there. For he, the sole reason you're there. You can't hold them for running you're out, of you're at the end. out of gas. sleeping on
0: Bam Adebayo's contribution. I actually think, I actually think Jimmy's a little underrated as a playoff player. Agreed. I don't think he's overrated Agreed. at all. And I mean, yeah, like you can bring up early stuff. Well, yeah, he was on bad teams. He was on last a, a year, Minnesota team that awful. wasn't one Just year where you lose year. to the defending champions. You look at the three years around it. One's the current year we're in. The year bef- uh the year before the last year, uh, he made the finals. Which, not to mention, he doesn't even get credit for. I swear the Heat get like you think about that year. A bunch of NBA fans think it's a fluke bubble year, and the Heat I, were I, the I, Heat in the, the bubble finals. Counts.
2: I'm, not, I'm not one of those people. The bubble absolutely right. counts, I'm but not it's gonna... also
0: a reason why he's a super underrated playoff performer because a lot of NBA fans are like, either it doesn't count, in that the Heat were a fluke to be in the championship, and those words have actually came out of my mouth as well. But and then years, the year before was that, he was man. the best player against in the Sixers who fell apart in the second round against Toronto. Who's the best player in that
2: series? So he was the best that. player in mean, that series. He also had a bad game seven. Right. And then you uh, want to bring uh, up? So the you keep talking play.
1: about you keep talking about. Thank you, Kyle. You keep talking about the end of the series. You keep talking about when he's gassed because he's tired of doing everything. Right. You're not bringing up what he did to get to that game. The Sixers
0: six didn't six lose because of Jimmy them. Butler. I
2: right. mean, just no, no, they they, the no, no, they didn't lose because of Jimmy Butler. I'm just. He's get it. I feel like maybe it's just because I'm bitter that we don't have him. I think that might be it. I think yeah. it could be it. I'm rooting really hard for the Heat to beat, to beat the Celtics. Um, but it's just he's, he, when he's great, he's great. That sounds really simple, but he's not great. <laughs> he's not that good of a player where he's consistently great.
3: Okay, Matt, can you think of a a, time, just real quick, can you think of a time, and this is where it comes to me in terms of under-overrated, all kind of subjective, has Jimmy Butler ever came out flat, looked like he didn't want to be there, looked like, oh, I'm not interested, looked like the Suns did, Uh, looked like, you know, Ben Simmons, we've seen it from him, like, I could literally go down a list of stars you could pick out. Where like maybe they don't care hard in, in game seven. Maybe they don't care.
2: Now, him in Minnesota, he had like nine points in the And flat he hated game. it. He hated his teammates. So yeah. We might have a reason for that. <laughs>
3: but I just think like you can't necessarily I mean it's the same thing we talked about in Bede versus Jokic, where like some things aren't going to show up in the points column, especially when you're an on-ball defender is one of your best traits. Uh he he, I don't think maybe scoring comes and goes, but why Jimmy Butler is so hailed in the playoffs is because his consistency of effort is completely unwavering. He's going to be giving you 100% from whistle to whistle every
2: time. You no, know, his attitude is like great and that's why people love him, but to be honest, I don't think he's that much of a playoff I I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think he's that much of a better offensive playoff player than Chris Middleton.
0: But he's having the second best offensive playoffs of any player left right now outside of Luka. Into the line eighteen times.
1: Chris, Chris Middleton is in a much more convenient spot than Jimmy Butler. I don't <laughs> want to launch. I, yeah, I don't want to launch a Chris Middleton versus Jimmy Butler debate. But if you make Chris Middleton the number one option on the Miami Heat, like, like, what do we, 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 what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. are we doing? <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Jimmy <laughs> Butler's
2: doing? not like the number one option, like a normal number one option. He's, he's averaging he's thirty like a, in a, the playoffs.
1: Matt, 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 Matt. Matt. Thirty the in the playoffs. Post. Matt. Keep the goalpost in one spot, please. Keep it in one spot for me. Because, because, you're moving it all over the place. Here's <laughs> LeBron James, Dwyane Wade, Jimmy Butler, and I'll say one more thing because we do got to move on for the sake of time. You say Jimmy Butler is about the 14th, 15th. We'll call him middle of the pack star in the NBA. Do you expect a middle of the pack star to be giving you 35 to 40 points per game in the playoffs? No. So, so when he does, yes, we're gonna be at, we're gonna give him admiration for it. When he gives you 12, you're like, hey. The middle of the pack star may give me to you might not have it one night. I expect that from the middle of the pack star. I don't ever expect that from a superstar. You can't ever give me 12 points. A superstar scorer can't ever give me 12 points. I know that's not Jimmy Butler. So when he goes off, yes, we give him all that credit. When he doesn't have that. I don't hold him because Jake's right. It's never going to be a shortage of effort. He's never going to check out and he's going to show up in other ways that affected the game. But no, if he gives me 12 points, nine points, I don't hold Jimmy Butler to that because he's not a Luka level score, a LeBron level score, a KD level score. He's not. But if he gives me 40, I'm going I'm to go crazy because <laughs> he's also going to give it with no threes. You just don't see that. 17 like,
3: free throw. Oh, by the way, hey, hey, NBA, common NBA fan, we can go ahead and wind up the Boo Brigade. He's got he's got eighteen
1: free throws, right? We we gotta cry about that one. I forgot. That's we have crazy. to cry
3: about the free throw line. Quick,
1: quick. F- speaking of crying, quick. We got five <laughs> minutes to do this before we move on to the next segment. All of all of our teams, everyone on this podcast. I want to pick. Their
0: hold on. After that go debate, ahead. I want
1: to pick the Heat, Celtics. with everyone. Yeah, this my fault. It. My fault. Go I wanna ahead. I want to hear ahead. that. the pick, pick, Matt. Who Celtics you got? and Six. He, Ooh, ridiculous. Kyle, oh. go ahead.
0: Ooh, I think I'm gonna do it. Heat. Jimmy Butler, yeah. he's going to do yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to go seven. Let's make it interesting. I've got Heat in seven. I, I just think the home team is going to win. Like,
3: this is going to be once, once they're full strength. I anticipate this being a super close pinnacle of team basketball series that we get mm-hmm. to watch. I've got Heat in seven.
2: I loved if what the Jimmy- heat, If the Heat win this series with Butler averaging over 30 points per game, I'm going to wear a Butler jersey on the next podcast after they win the we series. You got, so got, got it. You got it. We got it. We got it. I'm going to go. I love what Jimmy
1: Butler did in game one. I love the the way the heater set up, but I also think that the Celtics are, are kind of confident knowing that we had that close of a game without our best defensive player yeah. and the heart and soul of our team. You get those two guys back. I think the Celtics become different. They know how valuable those guys are. Marcus smart's going to take it upon himself to make Jimmy Butler's the rest of the series. Hell for Jimmy Butler. So I'm going to go Celtics in seven. I think they, they still back home court. And they get it in seven. They got to win crucial games on the road in Miami, though. All right. So now, even less than a five-minute discussion. <laughs> Speaker, Drake mentioned crying. All of our teams now, got three Sixers fans and a Suns fan. All of our teams, in tragic fashion, I will add, are now bounced out of the playoffs. So we haven't had a, a, a time to just come in as, as a family, as a collective straight-facts family for a grieving session. Like, how, how are we doing? What's, what's your your post-ass-kicking thoughts after the playoffs are over. Well, Jake, I'll start with you.
3: I I don't grieve. I go straight into coping, and my coping method is fixing everything all at once. (laughs) And what we're going to do, here's what I've determined is the path to to our solution, the one we're looking for, a ring. Have to get Toby out. Got to get Toby out. Mm. Probably not going to happen in a James Harden trade. Uh, I actually don't think they're going to move Harden. I think the likeliest scenario, what we've heard, what I pieced together from reporting is maybe Harden takes a, a little less than the max. You get Toby out of there and suddenly you have another max slot created. Uh, now, here's, here's the hurt piece that I don't think Sixers fans want to come to terms with. If you want a Joel championship in his prime with him not being like drug along by someone else, probably going to have to trade Tyrese Maxey for a star.
1: Jake. Oh Oh. my God. I'm so happy you said that. I
3: I hate it. I don't want them to do it. I'd rather stink and have him bead and maxi for the rest of eternity. Jake, But in terms of the accounting, like when you really account for the, the grand calculus of it all, it hurts really bad. And maybe, and maybe you can say you can make the case. Hey, Joel's only going to be here for three more years. I'll take Maxie for 10 more years. If you want to make that case, I, I'm ready to hear it. I would love to keep Tyrese Maxie. But if you want to go so happy you said that. with the max value this offseason, we need to win now. The only way you're getting a Brad Beal, uh, uh, a Damian Lillard, whoever you might want, a Donovan Mitchell, would you do Would you do Maxie for Donovan Mitchell? Come no, on. Straight up. You can't say no. You can't no. say no.
0: You think, put it the this jazz, way. you think the put Jazz are... A, I don't want to even argue well, like well, this. No, 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 sure. put, put it this, I just, way. Put it this yeah. way.
1: And it could be a quick yes or no. Would you not be a little bit more confident in this series if you had Bradley Beal in place for
2: Tyrese Maxey? If it's as simple as that, of course, you
3: feel, you feel yeah, more confident. But
2: Beal's a free agent, kind of.
3: Because this after you're saying not this offseason,
0: but next offseason or this
3: offseason? No, no,
2: he has like an option that he may or may not do this offseason. Yeah, yeah. So like he might work. be a free agent. We don't know yet. Sure. OK, we yes. Know. We know how that works. yes,
0: but we're talking about the future. <clears throat> and would I take right now, Brad Beal over, you know, Tyrese Maxey next year in a playoff series. I don't know. Yes. Is Tyrese Maxey two yes. years in a playoff series. Yes. What do yes. he says? Quickest ascensions of a rookie has gotten so yeah, 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 much better. You know, we do. Maybe
1: not 2 years. I'm trying to prove a point. Maybe not 2 years. Yeah. But I'm talking about but like, you can't guarantee you're in a championship of 2 years. Hell, you didn't make it out the second round this year. So you I don't could, think we won we a championship run this year. I'm not, not banking on 2 years. I I'm, I'm I'm trying to maximize the window that we're in right now. Right now. There are more and complicated right now, ways Oh, right. sorry sorry. No, I'm sorry, just right now, Bradley this Beal season, just gives you a better
0: I wouldn't have taken Bradley Beal for one season, no. <laughs> sorry. Would he giving us a better shot? Sure. But going into the playoffs, I didn't think we were winning. The I'll let you
3: guys go so. just last thing I will say after sitting in it, it doesn't feel good. I'd rather lose with Tyrese Maxey. I don't want to do it. I'll, I'll yeah. lose for lose forever. We'll take Tyrese. I'll
0: but just like real quick as a fan, I think the Sixers are just like doomed. It's been the same thing now, three years in a row. It's tough to watch. Um that's really hey, only my place as a you're as a, a, dark a fan. Place. Um Honestly, I saw it come in after the round one, how hard it was to beat Toronto. So it didn't hurt as much when it actually happened, but it still hurt. And then as a going forward, you know, I just have an idea that maybe the Sixers should try to get some hoopers off the bench. Uh-oh. Like I'm done with the three-point specialist that's inefficient, like the George Niang. And I know Danny Green had a good, you know, playoffs. That's fine. I'm done with the veteran big men that we can sign to a minimum. Like, why don't we just get some players off the bench that maybe can give us 20? Like at best, George Diane gives a seventeen on any night, and he doesn't help us at all on defense. Let me get some guys with some variability that can't just do one thing, and they're not even well, very good mellow? at doing that one thing. No, <laughs> I want look who beat us. Look at the role players on the people who yeah, beat us. Victor, Victor Oladipo, true. he can do you a lot. Like, uh, like Jason, he like can like do Malik you a
1: Malik. lot. Like you bring I'm, like like a Malik, I'm Malik with off the these moles, uh, uh, or like so, watch yeah, so. any,
0: uh, watch any Western Conference team. They have some guys that are inconsistent and young, but there's always people off the bench that can just hoop and go off for a night. The Sixers don't have that. And when you get to the playoff time and your stars don't show up, which as Sixers fans, we know has happened way too often. Maybe let's get a guy that isn't only going to be good in a game that you're already winning like George Niang. Like, I I don't know. That's my thoughts as a GM side.
2: So, yeah. So basically, uh, there's a lot of like talk about how, Oh, what an embarrassing playoff loss for the Sixers. Like we were the four seed we lost, yes, in, we, lost Dude, we lost in six, we lost in six to the one seed when our MVP was like no, was playing at 60% and missed the first two games. That like it, game st- it stinks to lose, but it's not like, this, it's not like last year, last year well, was, was like was that. Both of them were embarrassing. If nothing was
1: as embarrassing as last year.
2: Yeah. It was still embarrassing. For you sure. lose to the no, no, because you play your star player shirt. So
1: I cool? didn't. I didn't say the chalk was embarrassing. I said the actual what I watched
2: was embarrassing. Uh, the get, paper. Or no. So but what I watched was embarrassing for sure. So basically, I'm pretty optimistic that you can have next year. You have Embiid, Maxi, and Harden, and you find and Mori finds a way to build a roster with depth around him. Because that, I think you can win with that three man core. Your so, optimism is so, so refreshing. It's, I think it's like, so refreshing, your optimism. Really?
1: Just
3: then uh, to collect all of our thoughts, Toby for Hoopers, we win title.
2: That's it. Oh, and trade Thiebel for like Pat Bev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do that immediately. Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. That Get Drummond back on a vet He was good last mm-hmm. year. He's going to Miami. He's to going say. to Miami. I, I've been uh,
0: riding with that Jake since you told yeah. us that. Uh, to that was, um, was actually my third, you know, special or like specialist
2: type specialist, of guy yeah. off the his, bench, his just is- a guy that gives you defense.
0: Let's just get an all-around player that can ball. Come on, get I'm rid of I'm with, They don't I'm have with, to be I'm good. With, they could just be. You a can great get team something runner. good
2: for him too, probably. I'm
1: completely on Jake's lot, like Jake's mind thought, not his heart. His heart went skeet, Max. I'm completely on. I'm not with it. Hey, here's, the, here's the thing. There, I do think the Sixers can be successful in the future with Maxie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you have a chance to get Brad Beal now, I think that's a better idea than trying to keep Maxi. I'm not saying keeping Maxie is a bad idea. I just – yeah, it's, I, I can't I agree. Think it's better. We can agree to disagree, but I think I, I get, I get where you doing contracts. Yeah, I get where you're coming um, from. I just can't agree. Contract, yeah. Con- the money's got to matter. Yeah. The money don't line up. But um, as a Suns fan going into my offseason, my thoughts is like we're, we got knocked down but now it's time to roll over and get back up because we did something a little unprecedented last year. And the first time you're going through a playoff run for most of these players, you get all the way to the finals. That don't happen a lot. Rarely does it ever happen. You know, for guys like Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker, Deandre, and like all those guys did it for the very first time and went to the finals. This year is called adversity. This is the lumps that you normally take and your first playoff run, you get beat by a guy who's just coming in and, and, and has a super hot hand is playing. Unbelievable. You, you get, you know, you don't show up in a game seven, you get beat by a bunch of role players on your home floor. And I just hope that a team that's led by Chris Paul, Monty Williams, heck, even James Jones in the front office, like championship pedigree. I hope that a team led by those guys doesn't fall within themselves think they have to strip it all and, and hit the panic button because it didn't work like this this is the adversity that a lot of people come out of be better because of and and learn from their mistakes next season like i i am in a i'm in a i'm in a peaceful spot with what happened it was it was embarrassing the most embarrassing thing i've seen from my favorite basketball player in the nba but hands down uh, but I think this is this is a time to to learn from this adversity, and we should be right back to where we were next season. Here, here's one issue, right? One issue. Jake, I, I I couldn't wait for you to bring up the issues. You are gonna get real familiar? What's
3: this, James? What is this? Can you tell me what this is? That's a bag. It's a bag. A we bad. can hear it. DeAndre Ayton's going to have one of these. And it's going to not be full of moves. Lord knows. It's going to be full of money. He's <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah. get tra- he's gonna get signed somewhere else. Uh probably. I mean, I don't I don't want to put like places, but we talked about Gobert to Dallas. He fits Dallas for similar reasons. Um okay. but I just don't think he'll be back with the summer. For what?
1: For what? Who's paying DeAndre Ayton after that game seven? Right, so yeah, he, I know. He, it's tough. The, I know. The luxury of a bad performance from a guy. That you're counting on God, is, leverage, is leverage Is no, leveraging in the office. James, you're forgetting. Yeah. In
2: a month and a half, there will be some really dumb GM that talks himself yeah. into a max. Right, but but then you tell like your, the then you
1: tell DeAndre Ayton, you can go there and get the money. You won't win anything. Right. But you come Fine back enough. here, stay stay here <laughs> safe with me. I'll take care of you for forty less million dollars. I'll take care of you, and we'll go win a championship. You can go with that person over there, but but he doesn't have your best interest at heart. He wants to throw you all this money and you have no players around you. Stay here because you're not worth that because you put your head between your buns against Max and Kleber and Thomas batons and you stay at home and you work and we go win a championship. That's why I'm, I'm not worried.
2: I'm, I'm a little worried. I can't believe how calm you are. Chris Paul's 37. He collapsed at the end of the year with with Attitude. I'm I'm at the end of the year, for whatever reason, I think it's mostly because his age. And mm-hmm. the team seems to be falling apart. And the all, and you made the finals this is in a the year guy, that everything broke well for him. This is this the guy who was optimistic about
1: the Sixers just now, right? Is surprised I'm optimistic? Yeah, is surprised well, I'm calm? Joel beats 28. <laughs> with back issues. Like, them, Jim Jones never I'm, going away. Everything Jim Jones never going away. I'm worried. Like,
0: this like, Suns this team reminds me of a <laughs> lot of... Uh, You know, one off blips and and they had one Mm -hmm. good year and Mm -hmm. they had a good regular season, get bounced in the second round. And Mm -hmm. just recent history, we've seen a lot of these Um, and we've seen teams do it and actually win the championship. Uh, The Mavericks come to mind in 11. The Toronto comes to mind. Um, Even teams that got close, right? The Dwight Howard Magic had two really good years. Uh, James Harden's Rockets team was always competitive in the playoffs. And there's been a lot of teams that could never get over that edge. And I'm worried that the Suns' window might have closed.
1: They're, I'm they're, worried. I think I still they're, think they're going
0: to be a good team, but championship-wise, right. I think you had your best two shots these last two years. I'm worried that might be the outcome when it's all said and done.
1: And you'd be you'd be naive to not have that thought come yeah. across your brain at all. Obviously, that's come across my brain. But when you listen to how Chris Paul attacked it, how Monty Williams attacked it, like they said straight up, this was embarrassing. This was bad. This was the worst performance we could have possibly put on. But at some point, sometimes in life, you put on your worst performance. You don't run from it. You don't try to sugarcoat it. You don't try to make excuses for it. Sometimes you got to stand up there, take it on the chin, hear all the criticism, and come back next season. For that to be the first response from the coach and star player, that's what gave me confidence. Like, hey, they know how bad it was. Yeah. There's no t- There's no trying to tuck it in and, you know, trying to twist it to, to make it seem something different than what it is. Monty Williams, the first one to say there was lack of effort. My stars didn't show up. My players didn't show up. They know who they are. Your starting center so, quit. <laughs> what happens when you give them money? I man. was actually, I wasn't that surprised from DeAndre Ayton. I've seen him quiver before. Mikel. we we have been in, and I well, know, Aiton, NBA, I said
0: quit. DeAndre Ayton quit. He said, yeah. Mikel, me Mikel up at the didn't game. Game. quit. Yeah, Mikel
1: <laughs> didn't quit. But Mikel, to see him that shook. I know an NBA game seven is different, but this is a guy who's been in two national championships, won both of them. Right. Like I didn't think there was a moment too big. I didn't I didn't think you got nervous. From from here? From mm-hmm. Novo? I didn't die. What's I, didn't, what, I didn't think there was pressure? So that was just very surprising for me to see from Mikkel uh Bridges. But that's why I am as a Suns fans. We'll see. If I'm right, we'll see if I'm wrong. Um but we got to get through this this NFL talk kind of quick. But, but we're going to continue with our, our recurring second segment um, and diving in to all the NFL divisions way too early and using a team who shook up the offseason to get into that talk. And since we did the NFC East last week, we'll do the AFC East this week because there are two teams who really are made earthquakes, one in the draft, one through a trade. That's the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. So – it's funny because the two teams that were at the bottom of the AFC uh, East Division last year, the Miami Dolphins, 9-8, and 8, missed the playoffs, but coming into this um, this offseason looked to be rebuilt. I obviously got Tyreek Hill through a trade. Also acquired uh, Teron Armstead, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Cedric Wilson, and Connor Williams. Resigned Xavier and Howard, Emmanuel Agba, and Mike Gesicki. key pieces to their team. You look to the New York Jets side, who I think, next to the Eagles and Giants, probably had the best drafts of anybody in the NFL. You get Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, and Brees Hall all in the draft, and then require uh, Lakeen Tomlinson, DJ Reed, CJ Uzama, Jordan Whitehead, um, all in free agency. Like Everyone in my group chat makes fun of me when I say this. I don't know why. The Jets are building something. They might not be good next year. They might not be good the year after, but they are building something there in New York. So simple. How does how does Matt go ahead? How does this shake up the AFC
2: East then? Well, just for next year, the Jets are going to mess up a lot of survivor pools. They're going to someone's going (laughs) to think the Jets are going to go like six and eleven, but they'll have like a high profile upset. It was like an up and coming team. Uh, I do think I I agree with you, James. Like they're building something, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be there yet. Um. Not supposed to be yet. No, it's and, not supposed to be there yet. I agree, and I think we're gonna learn the limitations of Tua Viola this year. Bingo, because I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get Tyreek Hill's dad make a YouTube video of all the times Tyreek's up and, and Tua couldn't get the ball. To <laughs> him. Are, are,
1: are we missing something as as people who are outside of the NFL? Because I can clearly see that Tua can't throw the ball to that boy down there. So here's, are we missing something?
3: Here's here's what I think we're missing. Uh, from a Dolphins perspective. They have to be bought in because they just fired the coach that gave them two of their better seasons in a couple yeah. years. Here's why I say that they're not going to be worried. Uh, or also, the, the draft capital they spent on too why they're bought in. You don't have to throw the ball further than five yards on a slant to get a touchdown with Tyreek Hill or... Jalen model, either of those, you could throw the ball five yards multiple times this year. It will happen. They'll take it to the house <laughs> where it starts to get tricky is when uh, I, I think the defense was, defenses will start to play that. And I think they'll start to blitz him if he has mobility like there's going to be a lot of openings downfield when teams start to dare him to throw it down there.
2: So yeah, then, then you have to do like double moves and stuff. And that's where you'll see if he can actually do if he, it, if he can do it. Yeah. I
3: don't I look, look, look. Those videos are a little scary. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm not too happy that that's what the team's putting out. is like that's the good the team. I'm putting out.
2: That's the best thing they could put out. They picked yeah. the presumably the best possible... Uh, and, I think-
1: and if I'm a Dolphins fan, not only am I worried I'm insulted by the video, that John is clearly edited in the middle of the sky. And <laughs> it's still... You didn't want to pick a video where he overthrew him in the second half? you still He still caught that John like a pop fly. Like, why would you why
0: would you choose that video? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to lie, though, guys. Tua, if you just take his performance on the field, um, had a rough start to last season. But the Dolphins finished seven and one and Tua did not look bad. And the team wasn't as good as it's going to be this year. Um, I, I think they obviously shored up the offense, getting a guy like Tyreek Hill. Jalen Wada was one of the most impressive young rookie receivers last year. Very good. Gasecki's turning into a top ten or top ten tight end in the league, and I think underrated is adding a guy like Chase Edmonds to the backfield, who was very good. Him and Gaskin, I don't, I don't even care about the Mostert pickup yet because he literally can't stay on the field. But mm-hmm. just Edmonds and Gaskin alone is enough for that offense. So it, I don't, I'm not part of like the the Tua, uh, you know, hopefuls. Not by any shot. I, I saw the video too. It hit me the same way. But I've seen him win games, and I saw a second, or a really a over the year progression from him last year to be a competent starting quarterback. He's not going to be a top ten starting quarterback, but if he can get to like a Derek Carr level, which is probably a little you know outside of the realm of possibilities for this year, but if he can just be a good quarterback, this team's going to succeed.
3: And, and here's where it really comes in, and why I'm very bullish on Miami. Think about in the NFL teams with meh quarterbacks. That win a ton. What is a team that comes to mind? The San Francisco 49ers, where their head that's coach it. has been engineering <laughs> that offense around Jimmy G, a meh quarterback, for years. So, if there is a team that's going to do it, if they can play solid defense, if they can hold on to the ball and hit those big strike plays, like why can't they win the division? Um, I, I like Buffalo a lot too, which we
0: could talk about. Buffalo has right. moves too. But. I think well, that, it moves the hierarchy. Right. To where I think I put the Dolphins to over yeah. New England without a doubt in my mind.
1: Well, well, that's that's perfect. That's yeah. exactly where I wanted to go to frame the, the whole division. Obviously, last year you have the Buffalo Bills finishing number one in the division, losing to the Chiefs in the divisional round. The New England Patriots at number two, 10 and seven, losing to the Bills in the wild card round, following by the Dolphins and Jets. So how do these offseason moves, along with the moves the other ones made, but we'll mention. The big ones, uh, the Bills getting Von Miller, uh, OJ Howard, Jameson Crowder, drafting James Cook had a good one. Uh, then you get the Patriots getting Jabril Peppers on the defensive end, um, Taquan Thornton on the offensive end, resigning Trent Brown, but they lose JC Jackson and Kyle Van Noy. So, all these moves together, how what what is Kyle? Go to you. You want to talk about the hierarchy? How what, what exactly is the new hierarchy do you think? You know, come next January for the AFC East,
0: yeah, it's tough. Um, not to have the Bills that won. Um, even what we saw in the playoffs, I know they got bounced in that game, but how good did Josh Allen look on the biggest stage he's ever been on in his career? It um, mm-hmm. and, and still is getting The Bills getting are going to win
2: the Super Bowl. That's my early... Right, that's well, bowl, That's ready. early. <laughs> Wait your turn.
1: they am calling, calling get this point yet.
0: Bills solidified one. Um, I, I do have to move Miami up. I was never sold on that Patriots team last year. Uh, we saw it the second half of the season, and the postseason it it wasn't going to happen for that Patriots team um and I I think Miami is a team who's hungry now they've missed the playoffs by one game in each of the last two seasons um I'm I'm not sure you know if stuff changes under a different head coach but you got to have them at two and then I'll go Pats and the Jets but in terms of future I might be more hype on the Jets future than I am on the Patriots future right now um it's just not going to be this year for the Jets
2: Matt, now, yeah, now, now, what you're about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, honestly, I just, I think Bills are my Super Bowl pick. Whatever, I think the most important thing that didn't happen in the AFC East is, I know, I know they just, that was great wide receiver draft, and it was a second round pick with DeQuan Thornton by the Patriots, but when you have a rookie quarterback who struggled down the stretch last year, he had a really good like first ten games, last seven games. Really struggled, and then he struggled in the playoffs. The fact that you're not doing everything to surround him with wide receiver talent is really criminal. It's it's like it's Belichick has just just this blind spot with wide receivers because he had Tom Brady for so mm-hmm. long who could make a lacrosse yeah. player into an That's all pro. Point. So the well, the fact like it's it's I think Mac Jones is going to struggle next year, and I agree with Kyle that. Miami's going to leapfrog um, New England in the division. I, I don't think New England falls as bad as like the Jets, but I don't think New England finishes above 500 and I don't think they make the playoffs. This is
3: the good thing about being a dynasty owner. You remember the scars that were put onto you by former highly hyped rookies. You may forget the Patriots did try and take a wide receiver not too long ago <laughs> in the first round. Nikhil Harry did not turn out too well for them. He's currently looking for a way out of there. Uh, I think that what they've proven over the years, yeah,
0: twelve is, catches last year.
3: Yeah, oh man, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> but I think the New England's proven that. Like, look, we can't really scout skill players. We'll take them from other teams on good deals, which is what they do at all positions. But then on top of that, like you look at the guys they drafted. I think they draft guys. They don't really care about the, the experts' opinions and the projections. They want a guy who they know he can do this thing. He can do this for sure. He can do this. And if we put him in this position, he can be very good at it and his holes won't be seen. That is literally how they have be, like built a sustaining dynasty around Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So that gives me pause when I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to be the worst in the division. That it's like when you talk about they're building something, New England is the one that low, low key is like, all right, in two years, two off seasons, they snag some more free agents. Are we looking at a really mm-hmm. competitive team? Logic says though, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. If we're going off of offseason, it's hard to, to, in my opinion, to go any other way.
1: Logic don't say the Jets are above anybody. The lie, logic say the, the Jets', Jets, Jets offseason
3: was verifiably nuts. See. Crazy. Right, right, right.
1: But I got to yeah, see the Jets do it. A lot of youth. Like lot youth. I will and say, and a lot of youth. Yeah. But. and I, well, I'm not going to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt until I see the Jets do it. That's, <laughs> yes. what, yeah, that's what they, they, they got to prove it to me first. Fair. But. For, for for the point that you just made, that last point, that system point of the Patriots, is why I'm not doubting them. Like yeah. I love the move that the, the moves that the Dolphins made, but I don't think the hierarchy in the AFC East changes. I don't. The Bills obviously given mm-hmm. number one. I'm keeping the Patriots number two. Dolphins are very close three. Jets however distant four. You want to make them, but when I look at the the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Dolphins still have a lot of prove-it-to-me in them. Now a brand-new head coach after getting rid of one of the most successful coaches who's beaten, the only coach to be able to beat the team who's been running your division for the last 20 years. He's the only one to to beat them in Brian Flores. So you have, you get rid of him, you have a new coach coming in, you have all these weapons, but you look at uh, uh, the offense of the Dolphins and the only question mark is their quarterback. Like, if, if he can do it. the offense seems like it can fire on all cylinders. And the only question I got is the person who's supposed to run it. Like, that's, that's my biggest question mark is if he can use the weapons at his disposal. So, I got a lot of prove it for the Dolphins. And when I look at the Patriots, no, Matt, they didn't put a lot of attention in the wide receiver position. Because they never do. Because they have a system to where I need a guy, like Jake said, to do X, Y, and Z. I don't care if he can catch the ball in between three defenders. Can he do what I need him to do here? And if I get every player in that system, the system starts to go again. And we talked about it last year. The Patriots are operating ahead of schedule. Like everyone picked them to do exactly what you just picked them to do again this year. Struggle and miss the playoffs. And they were the number two seed in the division at one point. Or number two seed in the conference at one point. Like I know Mac Jones struggled. But yes, he came back down to earth a little bit. They're still operating ahead of schedule. They've still found things, great things in their team that they didn't expect to see. And you give Bill Belichick a head start in a race, and that gets scary. So I, I think that Mac Jones is a very cerebral quarterback. He's a very smart quarterback. I think he learned from a lot of the mistakes that he went through through the back half of the season. I think he looks better, and I think that maybe it's very close. Maybe they're separated by a game or two. It comes down to the last week of the season. But I see the Patriots staying at number two and the Dolphins staying at number three. Until I see Tua hit Tyreek Hill 30 <laughs> yards down the field in stride, I do not believe the Dolphins. I have to see it. I, I really do.
3: That's fair. that's fair enough.
1: That's just that's my point. All right. We're going to ride out with that. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts, but we can get some shots up at the buzzer as we always do. Who's got a shot
2: at the buzzer to ride out? I got a shout out, Liverpool Football do Club. It. <clears throat> Champions League final is not this weekend. It's next weekend. Uh, last Sunday, they won the FA Cup. So there's four major trophies. They've won two of them. Uh, this Sunday, they have a shot to win the Premier League. They need a win and a Man City loss or draw. And what's really cool about this is that not only were they down 14 points two months ago, but the player that what they need, the team that Man City playing is Aston Villa and their manager, is Steven Gerrard who is a Liverpool legend who famously never won the Premier League. So Steven Gerrard can finally win the Premier League for Liverpool by getting a draw against Manchester City on the last day of the season. Which would be really cool. What a yay, name. Soccer, Gerrard, I mean,
3: that's actually kind of surprising. Not that I'm like a big soccer fan, but that's, that's a name not. that I know. I'm surprised yeah, that right.
1: he's, like, <laughs> he he's got to be, be some sort it. of good if I know yeah. him. So. He must be very important. Surprising. That's uh, funny. Kyle J, you got something to say at the buzzer?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just give a little teaser to uh, something Uh-oh. we've been thinking about, straight facts, and that's we know the NBA draft lottery happened. Um, and I know we've been talking about what we want to do about that. There's going to be something coming in some kind of form, but I just want to make my stand. And there's I've been saying Jabari Smith is the number one overall pick, is the best prospect in the draft and there is no better fit among these teams than the Orlando Magic. And if I'm the Orlando Magic, I won the lottery. I'm hype about that. But I'm keen in on one person, and that's Jabari Smith. And I'm just going to put that out there now. I think he's the best prospect, and I, I think hear. of all the top prospects, he has the brightest future. And that fit just makes so much sense to me. I, I was I excited like, for Orlando fans.
1: I do like him and Paolo. I'm afraid Orlando's going to bite the bullet of reuniting him and Jalen Suggs. I'm, a, I'm afraid they're going to do it. Uh, I'm afraid i i'm sorry chet homer i know what you're right yeah yeah Yeah. i uh
3: that's okay i'll piggyback off that because i was going to talk about my allergies but we hit that in the top uh (laughs) i am very down compared to the average person on jabari smith so i cannot wait until we talk about because i'm look i'm i'm open to he's obviously got a great jump shot which we'll talk about 6'10 guy relying on jumper can go one of two ways. Either you're Jason Tatum or your are Kristaps Porzingis. So, and Tatum's a little smaller than that. But we'll talk about it. Uh, Love this time of year. NBA draft, NBA finals. NBA does their offseason, I think, better than just about anyone. Maybe you could say them in the NFL. Better than any other
1: sport. It's tough. It goes back and forth each year. Um, I got to say the buzzer two things. One, first one's really quick shout out to the U S women's national team for coming to a new collective bargaining agreement with, um, U S soccer to guarantee equal pay. Um, that's been a a fight women in sports have had for a long time. And I will be honest and say that there aren't too many leagues where I see it logically, like for the NBA and WNBA, the NBA just makes, you know, so much more money. It's so much bigger for U S soccer. That has been the best team in the world for like the last decade. And the men's team has been trash. If there's any place where the women deserve just as much, if not more money than the men, it's U.S. soccer. So I'm glad they got their just due. Um, and now it's time for me to address the pest that is Patrick Beverly, because <laughs> like I, I cannot believe this little Pat Bev victory tour that he's getting to go on for ESPN. Um, so here's here's my formal as the Chris Paul stand in the Northeastern North Corridor, I give my Pat Bev take. First of all, I want people to realize the only part that I'm annoyed of with Pat Bev's little media rant is the part about Chris Paul. When you watch the rest of his takes, he actually is very insightful in the NBA. You can tell he's a real smart NBA player. He knows what's going on, which makes his Chris Paul hate even that much more infuriating because it's all hate. It's all emotional literal. bias. It's not logical at all. If you look at where Patrick Beverly, the kind of player he is in his career and the kind of player Chris Paul isn't going to be remembered by in his career, I think we can obviously see the different tiers and different stratospheres that they're in. So for you two, it's real easy to kick a man when he's down, to be that little peanut gallery in the corner. And finally, when the dude that you've been (laughs) waiting on the trip finally trips, go over and kick him in the leg and throw dirt on him a little bit. It's really easy to do that when you're not the person who stopped him, the person who had to get in his way. You're just a, (laughs) you fell kind of person in the back. That's what Patrick Beverly sounds like to me right now. And all I think Pat Beverly did when he got on TV is played his character well again. Because that's, that's what Pat Bev does, is he makes things bigger than it is. Pat Beverly gets a steal on the court, he makes it bigger than it is. Pat Beverly gets a foul call in the court. He makes it bigger than it is. Pat Beverly wins a play-in game, and he cries to his mama and makes it bigger than it is. So all he did was go on TV and make this Chris Paul situation bigger than it is, and people ate it up like it's a shady maple breakfast. And I can't believe that they did that for those two days. So I'm glad that it's starting to come back down a little bit. People are realizing that it's just hate. But all Pat Bev did, y'all, was to make a mountain out of a molehill on TV. Good for him. Good for ESPN because that's all they wanted. But Pat Bev spoke nothing but hate when it came to Chris Paul and everybody ate it up. And I'm so ashamed. He's such a loser. He is a loser. <laughs> like you can't cry <laughs> on Gabriel. national
3: TV after barely making yeah, the playoffs, Gabriel. getting scraped up, kicked out of the playoffs. You don't say anything for the entire series. It does make me mad because it's like you're such a you, pest. He's a pest. And did you hear the explanation of
1: the Chris Paul hate?
3: Of what where it started way back when he was like a teenager. Because, because
1: I went to I went to the LeBron James car. I went to the, the camp, USA camp, and I beat him in high school. No. What? He's, he sounds he sounds like that's that's like a villain a villain origin story right like like when, when you look back ones. and it goes through him he, yeah him and him and Chris Paul in the orphanage Chris Paul threw him down and kicked dirt on him so now his lifelong plan is to get revenge for him in the NBA so you're gonna bring up that beating him in high school when the last time y'all were matched up Chris Paul gave you 41 in the playoffs like we're, you don't want to talk about that you want to talk about high school when you were 17 I want to talk about your professional job. Where he where he sons you when you guys match up. Uh, you know what? I'm glad Pat Bev. I'm glad Pat Bev has carved out a spot for him in the media. Because he ne- he needs to prepare for when the league don't want him in a couple of years. So I'm I'm glad he's doing that. I'm glad he he's getting that off. But I'm I'm getting off my soapbox. I'm done. That's the end of my rant. It's been a good episode of straight facts. Shout out to everyone on the Help On Game Network. Shout out to my guys who listen to me. Just get all that stuff off my chest just now. Jake Galley, Kyle Surick, Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.